Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? We at Brave Enough understand that, and that is why we have partnered with BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not a self-help line. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional therapist. BetterHelp's counselor network offers a broad range of expertise that may not be available in many areas. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Finally, BetterHelp is more affordable than offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Brave Enough Show listeners will get 10% off their first month. Just visit BetterHelp.com backslash Brave Enough. That's BetterHelp.com backslash Brave Enough to get your 10% off your first month. Or you could just follow the link in the show notes and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health today. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Brave Enough podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In Season 2, Episode 38, Sasha discusses how to learn from your critics. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. It's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Thank you for tuning in today. We are going to be talking about how we can learn from criticism. And I think that right now in our world, it's probably a time where many of us are facing criticism or even more importantly, we might be really critical with ourselves. Um, There's a lot of uh, challenging times in, in our world today. And it seems like everyone has an opinion right now. Um, and everyone's voicing that opinion on social media or in our workplaces and our communities, which can be a really good thing, but it oftentimes means that we have to endure or learn how to accept criticism. And so I wanted to talk about criticism today because I've been getting a lot of feedback from specifically women in my groups and communities that I I uh, teach and invest in, and this topic just keeps coming up. So we're going to talk about criticism today. More importantly, though, I want to, before I forget, to encourage you to check out the upcoming confidence course. This is something that I have been putting together for about half a year now, and I'm so excited. I've been really studying and understanding uh, confidence and how it applies to us as women and really is one of the foundational elements of success. And when I say success, I mean success in our well-being, in our family life, in our workplaces, and in the way that we relate to others. We really have to understand that confidence is a muscle. It's something you work on. And I don't know a woman out there that probably couldn't use a little more information and encouragement on how to build her confidence. So I put together a confidence course. It's an online course, and I'm going to be taking some women through it this June. I hope you're coming with me. You can check it out at becomebraveenough.com. So as you know, I have a large social media following. I have a large, uh, 
community of women that I lead. And I also have uh, leadership roles in my daily institution that I work at. And so all of those opportunities are really great to influence and to have a voice, but it also comes with a lot of criticism. And I think criticism, when you hear that word, it's like, if you're like me, you always just, you know, internally, you kind of cringe a little bit. It's like, who wants to really learn from criticism? Who wants to receive criticism? No one. Right. Um, I think that most of us, when we when we go to post something, even if it's just a picture or uh, a sentence or anything, you know, even 160 characters on Twitter, you kind of cringe for a minute going, hmm, I wonder who the critic's going to be. Right. And certainly if you are a person who is authentic and you have your own personality and your own opinions and you're courage, courageous enough to share them on any type of platform, whether it's in a media, uh, meeting at work, uh, whether it's in, around a table where you're sharing a meal, or whether it's on a platform with thousands of people watching, you're going to get criticism. You're going to get feedback. You know, welcome to the human race, right? So I think that although it's never fun to experience it, and I don't think that it's something that we all look for, It's reality. And I think that it's important to understand that if you're going to be someone who lives, the more authentically you live and the more authentically you are okay with who you are, it's probably going to mean that you're going to actually get more criticism. And I know when things happen in the world, as someone who has a platform and is somewhat of an influencer in my uh, specialty, certainly, and in the field that I practice, which is medicine, um, a lot of people look for a response for me. And, you know, some people are really pleased with my response and some people aren't pleased with my response. And I always know that when I have to voice my true feelings or opinions or thoughts about something, and it doesn't mean that I don't think about that or it doesn't influence, but honestly, I've told myself for years that if I'm going to have a voice on social media, it's not going to be a fake one. And it's not going to be one to get followers or numbers because I see that in a lot of influencers. And that's just not something I'm interested in. And it doesn't feel authentic to me. But I always get criticism because there's people that agree with what I say and there's always people that dissent and that's okay. Like that's, that's the world we live in and that's actually good. You know, we want people to be able to express their criticism or their opinions or their feelings. And a lot of times I learn from that and it's great. Uh, but sometimes it hurts. Sometimes it can, you know, take on a mean, uh, tone or, uh, I know that the person that's posting is being contrarian to try to undercut me. Um, but I can tell you that I actually appreciate criticism that comes to me personally. So if sometimes I've posted things on social media and someone has messaged me offline and said, you know, that really, I I really didn't think you thought that, or I was disappointed in this, or, you know, you didn't, you, that hurt me because of this or that triggered me because of whatever. And those instances rarely do I get like so upset and sad. I actually end up respecting the person more. And, and that's partly my personality. I'm a straight shooter and I like when people are, are straight with me. 
even when they disagree. And I almost always learn from that style of criticism. So I wanted to talk today about how we can kind of foster criticism and how we can accept it in a way um, and embrace it from a growth mindset and also how we can deliver criticism from a growth mindset and a place of goodness. So number one, I wanna talk about that everybody has critics. Okay, every single person. And the more authentic you are, the more critics you have. So let me just repeat repeat that for a minute. The more uh, critics you have, it probably means the more authentic you are. Now, that said, there are a lot of people, and I see this all the time, that use social media to gain followers by being really outspoken and contrarian in a negative or mean way. And I'm not endorsing that. I'm not saying like, oh, you know, if people are hating on you, it's because you're just being real. Mm, I I don't think so. I don't think that's always people's intent. Um, I think that there's a fine line and I see, and I know a lot of people who have, you know, thousands and hundreds of thousands of, of uh, followers, so to speak, or an audience, a very large audience that in my opinion, abuse their, you know, quote unquote, authentic self to just be contrarian and, and gain followers, because that's what, gets people watching you, right? Is the more dramatic, the more argumentative, the more harsh, the more uh, drama around what you state or how you state it, I should say, will probably gather an audience. Um, I think that it's it's interesting to me because I've never felt uh, authentic doing that. Um, But I also know that there's an expectation that people have uh, for you to follow a certain element and follow a certain code. And when you decide that you're going to have an authentic voice or when you decide you're going to speak up, quite frankly, especially if you are a woman or a minority, uh, there's you really are going to be criticized because a lot of it is our societal norms going, how dare you? How dare you speak up? How dare you speak out? Why do you think you can, especially if there's a power differential? So I think that you have to really accept that the more you become brave enough and courageous enough to speak up, whether it's around a table or whether it's on a social media platform, you're probably going to experience criticism and that's normal. And you can use that criticism to bolster your emotional intelligence and a growth mindset if you come at it from a perspective of it's okay. It's okay to feel anything. You're going to survive it. (laughs) You're going to come through it. And so everyone has critics. That's truth number one. And if you don't have any critics, you probably aren't speaking up. You're not state, you're, you're living life. What I call in the shadows, you're not taking a step forward out of the shadows and saying, I'm here and I have this opinion. And I can tell you that in some ways it's almost worse to have it to your to your face um, in a small group, right? Like if you're sitting around a committee meeting and someone starts criticizing you, that's really that's really like anxiety provoking. And all of us have been in that situation. Versus online, you can you know you might ruminate about it, but it's it's easier for someone to criticize you. Obviously, not to your face. Um, I wanted you to think about the fact that criticism is a sign of per- perhaps 
your growth. Okay. And it's a sign that you're actually speaking your voice and that you're being courageous enough to offer a different or a new or an innovative or creative opinion. And that's how we grow. We grow when we have diverse thinkers around a table with different life experiences coming at a problem with different angles. That's how we solve problems. So it's good to have some dissent. It's good to have people that are speaking, especially if those people are marginalized because who else is going to speak for those groups? So I want to encourage us to really see differences and criticism, so to speak, or critique as a sign of growth. The second thing is that criticism and critics are an opportunity. Okay. There, I want you to see them as an opportunity. Almost every time in my life that I've been criticized for something or, um, and and I'm talking about constructive criticism. I'm not talking about just vitriol or pure hatred or the haters that come out of the woodwork when you decide to say something. Um, that's, I don't even, I, I literally don't let those people even process in my brain. Those are the people that I unsubscribe to because they're everywhere and they're bored and they're out to, they may, number one, they may not even be real on social media. And number two, they're bored and I can guarantee you they're not doing what you're doing. Okay. So it's really important to look and see who's in the arena as Brene Brown says, um, and go, wait a minute, who's this person coming at me from? For examples, um, there are people that are similar to me or not similar to me, but do similar work than me. Certainly, like let's say as an anesthesiologist, if another anesthesiologist is criticizing something I'm doing, that means a lot more to me than if an internal medicine doctor is criticizing my anesthetic practice. Because an internal medicine doctor, they have their specialty. I have mine. They don't understand anesthetic practices or pharmacology or the physiology of the the drugs and the decisions I'm making. So I'm probably not going to take that as valuable as someone in my own arena or as an anesthesiologist. If another anesthesiologist is criticizing me, I'm going to listen because I'm probably going to learn something and they probably have some value and some, and some really good ideas about perhaps I should be doing something a different way. That is that if I don't listen to that person, that's on me. Right? So I think that you have to sell, um, you really have to separate who's in the arena. Now I have received a lot of criticism, more criticism, much more criticism than I ever have in medicine than for starting a business and being a, a woman leader that comes has, has brought a lot of criticism my way. Some of that criticism has come from people who have never had a social media platform, have never led a group of women, have no concept. And those people I may respect, I may like for their, their area of expertise, but for whatever reason, when they're speaking to me about what I should be doing with my business, um, they feel empowered to do that. I don't, I don't really listen to that criticism because they're not in my arena. They have no concept of what I'm doing and they don't know how to do it. So while they may be very successful in their own arena, I'm not going to listen to them. I'm not going to take that criticism and go, oh gosh, I really, what did I do wrong? I have to please this person or I shouldn't do it. Now the, the, 
you have to really see also the intent, okay? Because there's been some times where people have given me feedback and they may not be in my subspecialty or they may not be in the business I'm in in, in leading a large social media platform and being a uh, leader for gender equity, but they may have in t- good intent. They may be wanting to protect me or wanting to warn me or just giving me some good advice. There's nothing wrong with listening to that. Then you have the people, however, that are in your arena, but they're coming from a bad place. They don't have your best interest in mind. And I think those are oftentimes the most difficult to sort out because oftentimes these people may be in a position above us and we actually may really look up to them. Maybe they've been doing what what, they're the person that we, you know, they're the, the racehorse that we're following. And all of a sudden they criticize us or they, they deliver something that whoa, like really hits us. And I remember when I was kind of first starting out, um, and I had a lot of, you know, growth in my online social group that I run, a woman not in the group, uh, started hearing about me. And I want to give you these two examples of this is a true story. There were two different women leaders in the country that started hearing about my name and it was coming up and what I was doing. One of them reached out to me and said, um, Hey, I want to hear about what you're doing. And she was someone I really looked up to. And I had reached out to her uh, previously to ask a question. And man, she provided uh, wonderful advice to me. She gave me some great feedback. Some of it was criticism, but man, it came from a good place. And I could tell instantly that even though she didn't know me and I didn't know her, I could trust her and that she was giving me good advice because she wanted me to succeed. She wasn't competitive with me. She wasn't trying to push me down. She wasn't trying to discourage me, but she gave me some good criticism on things I, that she perceived I was doing that may, I, I should do better. I could do differently. And I've always uh, respected her and I've done nothing but grow in respect for her. And she has become a strong mentor to me. Now, and around the same time, another woman who ran, runs a similar organization that I do also reached out to me um, on social media and was asking some questions about what I was doing. And I, I thought, well, okay, I'll talk to this woman. This woman had a very different approach. You know, she told me that I was uh, hurting the feminist movement because uh, she didn't understand my version of feminism. Um, And she was pretty harsh and critical of me. Um, It was a little, it was very discouraging. I remember thinking, gosh, I really looked up to this person. And for whatever reason, she's not on Team Sasha. And, you know, I, uh, both of those instances is one person good and one person bad. Mm, I don't think so. I think they're just very different. And I think it taught me that, um, I can respect people and I can respect their work, but whether I like them is a different story and I can accept both of their critiques. Um, one probably more than the other, because I knew that she was coming from a good place that she actually wanted me to succeed. I didn't get that vibe from the other person, but do I think that that person's bad? Do I go around shaming that person? Do I talk about her? Do I tell anyone what, who I'm talking about? Or do I tell stories about her? No, I actually don't. I support her on social media. I support her work because I believe in the work she's doing. And I leave it at that. And so I think that 
we, you have to have some, you have to trust your gut and you have to trust your internal feeling, but it doesn't mean that you can't accept criticism from people as long as they're in the arena with you, because those, both of those women are in the arena I'm in. So I think it's really important to also have people that are willing to criticize you. You know, if you surround yourself with only friends who are too afraid to ever speak up to you or say anything to you, that's not a healthy place to be either. You know, you want to be improving in medicine. We want someone to speak up and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not, you know, you grab the wrong syringe, Sasha, or you're about to do something. Um, you misheard the surgeon and you're about to give heparin when he asked for protamine or she asked for protamine or whatever. You want people to speak up and we want people because we promote a culture of safety to feel empowered to speak up. I would argue you want the culture, that culture around you in your personal life as well. You want people to say, you know what? I think you're making a mistake here that have your best interests in mind, right? So the third thing I want to talk about is when is it okay to step away? Because criticism can be really hurtful, really, really hurtful, especially if it comes from someone who, um, is, you know, that we've looked up to or that we care about, you know, it can, or even if it comes from somebody who we don't necessarily care about, but they have a powerful position, it can be really hurtful. And I've certainly experienced that on social media before and wow, it hurt. Um, but you know what hurts more when I see it in a, in a screenshot or something that I wasn't supposed to see. That actually is more painful for me. I have more respect for people who um, confront me one-on-one than I much rather have that than someone doing it behind my, my back, right? So I think that there's a time and a place that it's okay to step away. I've certainly done that. I was attacked a couple years ago on social media, really pretty voraciously um, with even this people went to making fake accounts and posting some really horrific things about me. And it really almost made me just, I mean, it just shocked me (laughs) because as you know, my company is about supporting women. And, you know, you wouldn't think that that's um, controversial, but apparently some people think it is. And Um, I was, I just had to pull back. I mean, I just had to get off social media for a couple weeks and just kind of let it die down and just really heal from that. I mean, it really, really hurt me. And when it hurt me, I thought, gosh, do people not realize there's a person on the other end of this? And, um, I recognize that, you know, social media is just a vehicle for communication and whenever we communicate, there's always going to be issues, right? There's always going to be issues in the way that we communicate. And certainly over social media where you're not face to face with someone, they may not know you. They may not even know the tone of your voice. They may have never heard you speak before. There's always an opportunity for miscommunication and for that to just kind of explode and amplify on social media in a negative way. So the same reasons we love it, the same reasons it can hurt us. And I think that there is power in stepping away. And I want to encourage you if you've experienced that, whether it's in real life with another person or someone at your job, or if it's someone, um, that is on social media, stepping away is okay. It really, really is. I've had to do that before in my workplace where I felt really hurt and uh, by someone's criticism and and open kind of um, 
inappropriate criticism of me at times. And I just had to step away from that person for a couple years, actually, until I could heal from that whole episode. And that's okay. That means you're human. That means you have feelings. And I always think to myself, gosh, I've been doing this now for like five years. Why does, why does this criticism still hurt? Well, I hope it always hurts. I really do. I hope it always hurts me a little bit because that means I'm, I'm still, uh, who I truly am, which is an empathetic and sensitive person at my core. So I, I want to encourage you to step away and there's no weakness in that. I have lots of friends who have done this as well as myself who've just taken a break from either a person or a committee or an organization or online. It's totally okay to do that. And I want to give you permission and tell you that is not a sign of weakness. And you don't have to respond. You know, like I remember someone being pretty critical of me that is in a position of power. um, And I didn't even respond. I didn't even have the, I couldn't respond because I knew that I wasn't in a good place to respond. And so I just didn't. I didn't for a long, long, long time. (laughs) that's okay. Like, I don't feel weak that I didn't respond. And I think sometimes we think that like we think, oh, you know, everybody's watching and waiting for the response, but there doesn't necessarily have to be one. I always have this thought in my mind that no one, people can make me their enemy, but only I can make someone else my enemy. So if somebody flings poo at you, don't accept it. (laughs) Like just, just don't accept it, you know? give it right back and keep on trucking. You don't have to respond. So I, this is how I kind of respond to certain times in my life. Not always. Sometimes I do respond. Every situation is a little different. It really depends on whether I care about the person and whether I feel like I have a relationship with that person or I have some connectivity to that person, but I don't respond because people are wanting me to, or watching me to, I just don't because that's not, then you're doing something for someone else. The other thing I want to make sure I mention today is probably the loudest critic that all of us have, I would argue, is in our own head, our own critic, our own internal critic. It's a strong, strong critic. Sometimes there's a table, a whole committee of critics that live in our head. And I think personally for me, that's my strongest critic. That's the hardest one that I have to deal with on a daily basis. I have a little course that I put together on my website just addressing this because I think so many women have this internal critic. I call her my internal frenemy and I have a very inexpensive lecture I put together and kind of workshop for women to go through to kind of turn that frenemy into your fangirl and learn how to identify your internal critic because man, she or he can be loud, right? So I want to also remind you that the way we criticize ourselves is really powerful as well. And it can have strong detriments, but we can also use that internal critic to sharpen us and to encourage us. And if you're, if you can train your brain to listen to negativity, you can certainly train it to listen to positivity and encouragement and growth. And that fangirl doesn't say, oh, Sasha, you're so perfect. You know, just do everything. Don't worry. No, that fangirl says, okay, you failed. So what are we going to learn from it today, Sasha? You tried that and failed, or you said this and it hurt that feeling person's feelings, or you said the wrong thing. How do you apologize? How do, how do you get over that? How do you put your pride away and, and, and humble yourself and get rid of your ego today? 
that's what my fangirl says. She doesn't just, you know, people think when I say fangirl, that means like some cheerleader that always has my back. No, my fangirl is pretty real, but she has my best interest in mind. So I would encourage you to also remind yourself that sometimes it's our own internal critic that we can't seem to get through and we can't seem to get over and not listen to and turn, but we can, it's such an opportunity, criticism, failure, such great opportunities for embracing a growth mindset and really moving towards positive change. So I hope I've given you some insight today on how I deal with critics. And if you've been criticized recently or you're struggling, I hope I've given you some encouragement today. It'll get better. You're okay. Always reach out to me. Visit the Brave Enough website. I have a lot of writings and resources on criticism and how I've overcome them. And I really want to encourage you today. So I hope as always, you live brave. This episode was sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Visit BetterHelp.com backslash brave enough and receive 10% off your first month. This has been an HSG production.